Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I get you ready for AEW Double or Nothing, remember a wrestling legend, and welcome a pro wrestling superfan to the show. Brandy Rhodes said yesterday that if you aren't satisfied at the end of Double or Nothing, you're not a true wrestling fan. Is she right or is she being overconfident? 20 years ago today, we lost a true legend in the wrestling business with the tragic passing of Owen Hart. Bully and I remember him on today's show, and you'll also hear a classic clip of our partner, Mark Henry. Plus, on the heels of the successful series Dark Side of the Ring, Viceland brings us a new series called The Wrestlers. We find out what the show is all about from the host of the series, Damian Abraham. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. She said this, and it really got the internet fired up. And I'll be honest with you, Bully, I don't understand why, but I want to get your take and, of course, the nation's take as well. And she said this when in regards to Double or Nothing. If you are not satisfied at the end of Double or Nothing, then you are not a real wrestling fan. So let me ask you, Bully, how do you take that comment from Brandy? You said he, she's got the internet fired up, and I said in a good way or in a bad way? In, in a bad way. Okay, and the comment from her was? If you are not satisfied at the end of Double or Nothing, then you are not a real wrestling fan. Okay, it sounds like she's just talking positively, positively about what's on paper. For Double or Nothing, she thinks it's going to be a great show. And she's probably saying we're going to give everybody exactly what they're looking for. I mean, that's how I took it. Like, when I hear her saying, if you're not satisfied at the end of Double or Nothing, then you're not a real wrestling fan. It kind of reminded me what I said to you a few days ago, Bully, when I said that if you don't give AEW a chance, then you're not a real wrestling fan. I, I think she's very, very confident. I think that's her way of saying, I'm extremely confident that you're going to love what we see. And if you don't, it's probably because you have a preconceived notion going in that you're not going to like this show. Well, I do think there are people with preconceived notions. I do think there are people who are looking forward to this show succeeding. I think there are people out there that will scream and yell and cheer and applaud this show, even if it sucked. Um, 
But what happens when, like, the, the giant penises come out or they do things that some people just don't find entertaining, just like some people don't find uh, the 24-7 entertaining? I understand what Brandy's saying, and I also understand what the fans are doing. Fans just like to jump on and harp on things in any negative way they can, especially in today's day and age with how dare you tell me how to think or what to feel. I can do whatever I want. I'll feel however I want. Right? Yeah. Isn't that kind of what it is? A little bit, for sure. So what is what she said bad? At all? I don't think so. Now, some listen, of the okay. listen, Dave. I would start the show. Imagine I started the show when I went, you know, hey, welcome to Busted Open. It, it, it's me, it's me and Lagreca. Blah blah blah. We got such a great show for you today. If you don't like this show at the end of three hours, you're probably not a wrestling fan. What am I really saying? You're saying that this is going to be a home run of a show and it's going to be great. That's it. I'm just speaking yeah. confidently about the, the, the content that we have, me and your ability to speak about that content and everything in between. I don't have a problem with that at all. Now, you know, a lot of people on Twitter were saying, like you just said, don't tell me what to think. Don't tell me what to like. Oh, you're, so if double or nothing is a dud, you're going to be blaming the fans and not yourself. Like, I think a lot of times people read too much into things that are said, you know, it's, if you're sitting down for an interview and if, and like you just said, I think it's a great example about this show. Hey, that's just you saying, I'm extremely confident that our fan base is going to love this show. I think that's what Brandy is saying here. Hey, I think we have the pulse of what the wrestling fan wants and we're going to deliver in a big way. And you're going to absolutely love it. I love the fact that she's being very confident here. And listen, you know, I and I like what you said about preconceived notions. But because, Bully, maybe I'm guilty of that too. Am I already in love with AEW without ever watching it? Because, man, I come on the air and I'm all about AEW. I love Cody Rhodes and, and, and this and that. Do I have a bit of that preconceived notion going into what I'm going to see on Saturday? I don't know. You hear that sound in the background, though? Bat phone? Yes. That's the bat phone. When that phone rings, you know something's up. Do you? I don't know. Do you have a preconceived notion? I don't. I mean, I, I think there's a big part of me, Bully, that is really rooting for AEW, and I want AEW to succeed. And let's just say they have a good show on Saturday because I want it to succeed so badly. Maybe my opinion will be skewed a little bit in their favor. And it might from in my eyes, it might be a great show as opposed to a good show. So you're gonna you're you're gonna be exactly one of those people that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be screaming and yelling and cheering and saying, Yay, this was the greatest thing since sliced bread, when maybe it's just mediocre. And and then on the same, but, but but why would you be that way? I, I just because I want that alternative, just because I want this company to succeed, and because I want options so badly. And now I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but there's a good high probability that I might look at it with that skewed look just because I want this company to succeed so badly. And and that's your point of view, and you are more than welcome to that opinion. That's all good with me. The way I look at it is this. All in 
was a great show. What a fun show. Do I think Double or Nothing will be as good as, if not better, than All In? Yes. If All In fails, uh, I'm sorry, if Double or Nothing fails to be as good as All In, I will be very honest in my assessment of their show. I don't, I, I go into things the same way. Zero. Blank slate. I'll do my decision making after the show. Because anything that can go wrong, right? Yeah. Listen, on paper, the sto- the story of Cody and Dustin is phenomenal, isn't it? Yes. Don't we love that story? Mm-hmm. You know what the best thing about Cody and Dustin has been over the past month? What's that? They haven't said a freaking thing. They came out with the two videos, and then that it was it. It was over. Right? Mm-hmm. Dustin came out with his video, and then Cody said he's going to kill the Attitude Era. And that's all that's been living out there for a while, right? Yes. The anticipation that has been built up, uh, built up over this match, over them saying nothing. That's beautiful. That's genius. Normally, we got guys talking and talking and talking and talking. They're not talking at all. So, on paper, we know Cody and Dustin should be good because of the great story. It's almost like they're vying for dad's approval while dad's looking over them in heaven. My God, what an emotional story. Now we got Omega Jericho 2. Just announced that we got some stipulations on this match. Not only is it going to be a war between these two guys, but whoever wins this match moves on to, to a match that will determine the first AEW champion, correct? Yes. Those two matches right there, is that enough to hook you for the pay-per-view? Yes. All right. So if those two matches hit a home run and the rest of the show sucks, how do you feel about it? (sighs) That's a really good question. I think those matches enough would probably, especially if you're saying they're a home run, that's probably enough for me. Fair enough. And, and, And everybody is going to have their own opinion. I believe the AEW fan base is so excited right now, so happy right now, that AEW can do no wrong. As a matter of fact, I don't think that. I know that. I know that for a fact. I've had my my hand on the pulse of enough wrestling fans throughout the years to know what they like, what they don't like. AEW fans are... extremely loyal right now for a company that basically doesn't even exist yet. Not until Saturday. And I, and I think you will see on social media, listen, I think that the atmosphere in the MGM grand is going to be awesome because everybody is going there to have a great time. (laughs) There are some audiences that go to Monday night raw just so they can shit on the show live, right, Dave? Yeah. There are some people that go to Raw just so they can take out that stupid beach ball or just so they can start a wave or get themselves on TV with a stupid sign. I think there are the, that the 14,000 people that are going to see AEW are going, they're walking in to see a great wrestling show, a very entertaining wrestling show, a different wrestling show. I think they're going in there to love everything, and it's going to take a lot for them to hate something. And, and I'm probably one of those people, Bully. And on the flip side, and we talked to a lot of these fans over the last week, I'm sure there's and 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 I'm sure you've seen some of it on social media. 
And if you haven't, let me know. But there's a lot of these WWE fans that I feel already are not giving this show a chance. And that's something that's upsetting to me. So there's already that, like you said, that that view of things. I think there's the WWE fan that's like, you know what? This isn't, you know, this is going to be terrible. I, I, you know, it's not going to be like the WWE. And they may even watch it just to shit on it. Or it's going to have to be a home run from top to bottom for them to, to change their mind. I would say to those WWE fans who are looking at AEW um, like a horse with blinders, same advice I gave to the caller yesterday who was bitching and moaning about Brock. And I said, hey, give it another chance. Watch it through this set of eyes. That's the same thing I would say to any diehard WWE fan who just wants to see something different. There's a lot of different stuff out there. We already know we got Ring of Honor. We got New Japan, Impact, House of Hardcore, MLW. Well, there's some new kids on the block. Their name's AEW. Buy the pay-per-view. See if you like it. If you hate it, then say you hated it. Don't just hate it for the sake of hating it. If Monday rolls around, you watch AEW, and you didn't like it, you are more than welcome to call into this show and say, I didn't like AEW because of this reason. And we'll listen. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. You know, I remember being at, at my parents' house watching the pay-per-view in my, my room um, that I lived in, a, you know, as a kid. And when it happened, the cameras cut away to a crowd shot. And I was like, wow, something's wrong here. Something looks different. And then I, whoever it was, I think it was King, it was King and, uh, and, uh, and Lawler. Like I could hear almost a tone in their voice. And I was like, man, something is wrong. Something is not right. So it's like one of those things, you remember where you were when 9-11 happened, or you remember where you were when Kennedy was assassinated. I remember exactly where I was when the Owen Hart thing happened. I do too. I, 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 like it was yesterday, I remember sitting in my, on my sofa, and I, had, uh, I, I was living in West Milford at the time, and I remember getting into a fight with my wife because she wanted to do something. She wanted to go out to dinner. I had already ordered the pay-per-view, and I was like, I'm not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, it's those certain things that you kind of remember, those little pieces of, of, of memories. And, man, you're right. It's just like etched in your brain with Jerry Lawler and, and Jim Ross, and, and I can't believe it's, it's been 20 years, Bully, 20 you know, years since we lost Owen Hart. And I don't think I ever met Owen. If I did... <clears throat> it was a it was a very fleeting passing by, and it would have happened at the Manhattan Center in '97 when ECW did the invasion with WWE. And like I said, I don't even remember if I met him that day because that day is just such a blur. But I heard so many great stories about him. You know, hanging out with Undertaker and Ron Simmons and JBL and all the veterans. You know that were in the locker room in you know '99, 2000. Uh, everybody loved Owen. As you as you saw by the special that they did for him when he passed away, he was a jokester. He was a prankster, 
And if you got ribbed by Owen, um, you, you knew Owen liked you. But there were some ribs that were pretty bad. So um, maybe one day we can get somebody on the show who knew Owen really, really well, who could tell about some some of his funny ribs that he played on the boys. I think, you know, Bully, I, I think Mark Henry might be one of those guys. Uh, yeah, Mark uh, was around for Owen. Yeah, you're right. And Mark, I, I, I believe Mark traveled with Owen. Mark was really, really close with Owen. I think Owen was somebody that kind of helped Mark along in those early years. Because I remember Mark Henry saying that, you know, not a lot of people really reached out to Mark to help him and push him along. And and he's always said that Owen's been one of was one was one of those guys. And Owen Hart was kind of like that musician, you know, the, the you know, there's certain musicians that musicians love, you know, where the fans love him, but the musicians respect him like like an Eddie Van Halen. As much as the fans love Eddie Van Halen, other musicians, other guitar players respect and love Eddie Van Halen. That's like Owen Hart. Like, I think at that time, especially, you talk to a lot of wrestlers, they would probably say that the best in-ring performer at that time would be Owen Hart. I'm actually going to give you a little bit of a better example. It's like, who do guys like Eddie Van Halen and Zach Wilde respect? Okay, good. That's, That's that, good. Would be, that would be Al DiMiola. And anybody who knows anything about guitar playing knows that Al DiMiola is like God when it comes to the guitar. So Owen was like that. The best wrestlers in the world, that's, they, they loved Owen. They respected Owen for his ability. And you know something? Wasn't there once or twice where we actually saw Owen screw with Brett in the ring? Oh, yeah. He used to screw with Brett and just piss off Brett, almost telling him like, hey, bro, I could expose you if I wanted to because I might be better than you. Just it's just un, un, unfortunate. Just like you know, something like that 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 stunt with coming down from the rafters and and you, just it's, it's so unfortunate. And I know there was like the big controversy afterwards. Should the WWE continued with the pay per view or not? And you know, th- th- there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to that. You know, it's 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 so tough, but. You know, it just, I still can't believe it's been 20 years. And in a lot of ways, it seems like it was just a few years ago. I guess it just goes back to that age old adage when it comes to any type of entertainment, the show must go on. I'm not saying that I necessarily agree or don't agree. I, I, I don't know. What do you do? I mean, if you're the owner of the WWE and that happens and there's a gun to your head, Dave, what do you do? I, I have, you know, it's, <laughs> exactly. th- th- it's, it's so hard. You know, you know, we've, we've, we see it. Listen, we see it in sports all the time with, you know, ca- catastrophic injuries. Get the get the player off the field. Continue the game. Stoppage of play for two minutes, and then and then the game continues. And, and how about incidents that we've seen when guys have gone down where they're not moving, and 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 both teams are circled around the middle of the field praying. Yeah. And you and you can hear in the announcer's voice that, hey, this does not look too good, but we'll hope for the best. And the, and and the player gets carted off the field, and he can't even give the thumbs up. And then what happens when he gets off the field? Game Whistle continues. Blows, yep. Game continues. And we see that all the time. They're carting off the player. They go to a commercial break, and when when you come back from commercial, it's it's like it didn't even happen because, like you said, the whistle blows and the game continues. Like I said there's no right or wrong answer, but at least for today. 
you know, now, especially with the network, go back and watch some of Owen's old matches 20 years ago today. We lost him in that horrific accident. And I mentioned Mark Henry, and Mark actually mentioned Owen Hart on one of the previous shows. So as we go to break, let's listen in to Mark Henry on Owen Hart. Owen had a way of lightening a serious moment like nobody in the world. Like, I mean, it was it was just like he would just start talking about something random and just make the rest of it up. And everybody, all parties, both angry parties would be laughing and shaking hands in a matter of minutes. So he was he was a really, really good peacemaker. And I was saying to you that if I'm ever blessed to be able to uh, go in the Hall of Fame, that I, I would want to go in with my brother. I want to at least be able to uh, tell Martha that, you know, whatever the business did to hurt her and the family, um, you know, I want to apologize because Owen would do it for me. And he deserves to be in his rightful place. And that's the Hall of Fame. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Damian Abraham. Damian, how are you? Uh, I'm so honored to be on the show, guys. Thank you for having me. This is a, a real thrill. I'm a fan, so I, I'm, I'm freaking out. What's the name of your band? Uh, it is called Effed Up, sir. Effed Up? Since, yes. Well, it's actually spelt out the full way, but you know, when we picked the band name, I never thought you know, 15 years later I'd have to be explaining it in, you know, to border guards, to of security guards, all these things. So, yeah, it's definitely an albatross that I, I wear with pride, but it's an albatross nonetheless. It is satellite radio, bully. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So I'll ask you once again, what's the name of your band? It is fucked up. Not bad. Oh, boy, I, not bad. Not I, bad at all. I actually liked what I heard. So, And then if you... Uh, you liked what you heard, and you liked what you saw last night on Viceland. It's great to have you, my friend, on the show. And it's great, too. And I loved what you said right at the, the start of the show, that you are a passionate pro wrestling fan. So for you, it's got to be pretty cool hosting this show. Oh, absolutely. This was like, you know, like it, it took forever to make this happen. And, you know, it was just, it's my love letter to pro wrestling. Like, I'm just a fan. You know, I don't have any, you know, aspirations or designs or delusions about thinking I'm anything more than just a fan. But, you know, I was given the, you know, Vice gave me a basically a blank check and said, make your dream wrestling show. And I, I, that's what I tried to do. And I think luckily teamed up with some amazing filmmakers. And I, I really, you know, I, I think hopefully we did right by the fans because that's, you know, the goal and, and by the people in the business as well. Damien, do you, f um, the curtain has been pulled back on wrestling pretty far over the years. Do you think you pulled it back any farther than it's been pulled back before? I, I don't think so. Um, I, hopefully we pulled it back. If we did pull it back any further, hopefully it was done in a respectful manner. Like I, 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 there was definitely things that we didn't show, you know, and there were certain lines that we would not ever cross because, you know, there's a respect for, 
for what this art form, you know, and there's still things in this art form that, that aren't pulled back. And there's certain, there's certain, you know, tricks, whatever, you know, realities that aren't revealed to the crowd. And, you know, we got a chance to kind of be behind the curtain, literally behind the curtain. So we knew we had to obey those lines, you know, like obviously never showing a luchador without their mask, never even putting a camera towards a luchador when they don't have their mask on. Uh, just like never walking into the locker room with a camera, like all these sorts of things that, you know, we, we kind of weren't going to ever cross. But, um, you know, hopefully we didn't pull it back anymore. I think we tried, if anything, to, to work with the way the curtain has been pulled back and kind of show that, you know, this is something more than than just dismiss. Like when people dismiss it as anything like, you know, using the F word to describe it, like the real F word to describe it, that that is just so dismissive of what this is, which is, you know, a, a legit global art form that transcends borders in a way that, no form of music does very few things I saw maybe Coca-Cola Coca-Cola and wrestling are the only things I saw in all the places we went around the world you know it was interesting too because you kind of asked I, I love the way that you hosted this show and the way that you communicate with the camera and with the people who are watching at home and you know, I saw it in your eyes and your face. I hear you're at an Evolve show and anyone that's never been a part of a Evolve or, or even indie wrestling, it's completely different than the wrestling fan who just watches what they see on TV. And mm -hmm. I'm not just talking about the product in the ring, but just the feel of the show, the crowd reactions, your reactions. I mean, seeing you wide-eyed during some of the things that you were seeing in that ring and, and, you know, especially when it came to Darby Allen, I mean, how do you get a non wrestling fan to understand why people who are fans like what they see? I think you just have to show people what we as fans see, you know, and show them the way that we as fans see it. You know, like I think there's, there's lots of examples like, um, you know, just these wrestling shows that are put in, in bars and put in contexts that aren't necessarily what people would associate with a with a wrestling event. And normals love it. Like normal people love it. Like what's not to love about wrestling? Like it's a live action fight scene. Like it's a, it's a Wu Ping fight scene from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, done in one take with no wires and no stunt people. Like the 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 actors, sorry for lack of a better term, but the the athletes are the ones performing everything themselves. Like there's no, you know, like that's, you know, it's like the Avengers, but there's no CGI. There's, there's nothing like that in there. So to take these things that people naturally are drawn to like combat and exciting action sequences and, and just showing to them without the baggage of this being, Oh, this is that pro wrestling stuff. People are, I think are going to naturally love it. You're like, how could you not? So you're a wrestling fan, right? Oh, a hundred percent. I, I definitely, okay. yeah. Okay. So you focused on about three or four different individuals in this piece. Yes. Which one of them is going to be the biggest star in 10 years? Um, you know, once again, just a fan and just someone that's, that watched, I think obviously the person, you know, I think Gabe even says it in the episode that has like all those, earmarks or those signs of someone that's going to make it is certainly in the the wwe kind of you know terms of making it would be would be austin theory like this guy has been training for this his whole life like he met bill demott when he was nine years old he walked into an mma gym and walked in on a pro wrestling class that bill demott was running 
And Bill DeMott took a liking to this kid and let him sit in there and actually take part in the class. Like he would do drills with these wrestlers that were training, like real, real, like people that would wind up actually in the WWE. He's doing these trainings with them at nine. And then he became like a straight edge bodybuilder for the entire time that he was in high school and won competitions, but only to become a pro wrestler. Like he is, he's like those kids that you hear about that are recruited for, you know, soccer or for basketball or for football, like when they're in elementary school and just stream for it their whole life. And here they are, you know, at the cusp of making it. And that's, that's what I think Austin theory is. But then, you know, you look at someone like Darby Allen and here's a guy who has an, an intangible that, you know, he would have been, I, I, you know, once again, just as a fan, but I think he would have been right at home in somewhere like ECW. Like he's got that thing that just connects with, with, with fans like me. You know, this show and, and last night's episode, the debut of, of this series, you, you focused on Evolve and Gabe Sapolsky. And Gabe's kind of, you know, he's been on this show, pretty quiet, reserved guy. Doesn't mm-hmm. really let people in to his world. You know, how difficult was it for you to kind of gain his trust and let you into the world for this time? I, I once again, you know, I, there's this like weird uh, confluence that kind of happened where luckily because of the punk band, I was, you know, I met a bunch of people that liked the band and Gabe was one of them. And so it was this weird thing where I was obviously a huge fan of the stuff that Gabe had done at ring of honor and the stuff that he was doing at dragon gate USA when I first met him and, and ultimately at evolve. But he was a fan of the stuff that I had done, which was shocking to me because I didn't think that anyone in wrestling liked the band that I was in. Uh, so we kind of met on, on that, round first and then through that uh i guess we kind of became friends and so when this series kind of presented itself i hit him up and i'm like i want to do this show and i I really want to do something about you and it just yeah like he just was really open to it and then you know after we finished filming the show of course he got hired by the wwe and i think he got a little more nervous about how the show was going to turn out but uh he's happy with it he hit me up during the show and seemed very happy with Uh, what we did so once again that's the thing that was most important to me is doing right by the fans and doing right by the people involved did you come across any of the wrestlers guys the gals that rubbed you the wrong way or maybe you rubbed them the wrong way 100 percent. okay so which way especially the first time we were filming the we did i did a documentary about the tournament of death the czw event uh, a couple of years ago, which is what led Vice to let me do the series. Like they were pretty happy with that. And so, wait a minute, time did. out. You did that CZW piece? Yes, I did. I thought that came out really well. Great job. Oh, thank you very much. I, I was, I'm, I'm glad it went that way. I didn't know what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm listen. I'm a fan of what you did with the piece. I'm not telling you I'm a fan of the company, but what you mm-hmm. did with that documentary or what that piece, whatever you want to call it, I think you did a really great job. That means a lot. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. And I think we, when we did that documentary, like, you know, once again, coming from being a fan, I knew what not to do, but I didn't, you know, I didn't really know how to operate around wrestling. Uh, we were told by DJ Hyde that we had been given approval to go into the dress room at H2O with the cameras rolling. Uh, I didn't, you know, I, I, in the back of my mind, I knew this was a mistake. We did go in with the cameras rolling and there were certainly a lot of wrestlers in that locker room that were, we're not happy. And I think I spent a lot of the time in the first few shoots of the wrestlers going up to these people when I'd run into them in locker rooms and be like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I had no, you know, that was my fault. That's on me. We're never going to make that mistake again. And just kind of like clearing the air with people like, you know, Eddie Kingston and stuff like that. And Alice Cologne and a lot of people that I ended up working with 
making the show, but yeah, certainly did not start off on the right foot making that CZW documentary. I can understand that. And, and, and even some of the familiar faces that probably fans know now, like Matt, Matt Riddle, you know, we saw a glimpse of him. Drew McIntyre saw a, a glimpse of him as well. So you're starting to see since this was filmed, and this was, I'm guessing this was filmed like a little over two years ago, right? Yeah, about two years ago now. Absolutely. So you now you're starting to see the progression of some of those towns that were on those shows that you taped that are going on to bigger and better things. And it's so crazy for me watching it because I think the perception of a lot of wrestling fans, you know, with AEW starting up this weekend with the WWE, that these wrestlers are are being flown and, you know, have the, the extravagant tour buses. It's, you know... And in this world that you profiled, it's completely the opposite. Crammed in one car, um, you know, eating meals from gas stations, a completely different world that maybe a lot of people really realize. Oh, definitely. Like, I think that was the, one of the things that was most shocking to me is the, the lack of a middle class in wrestling. And, and that's beginning to emerge more. But just the idea that you could be someone who's you know like living hand to mouth like crammed in a van for 19 hours and then if one company signs you and kind of gives you that that magic tap on the head you can become a millionaire in a very short period of time and uh you know i I don't know maybe it's like it's probably like that in music obviously and, and acting and other art forms and it's definitely like that in sports as well but i don't know for some reason in wrestling i i never thought it would be as pronounced until i got around it well, like you said, it, you know, it could happen very quickly. In, in pro wrestling, one side of the pencil makes you a millionaire. The other side of the pencil can put you on food stamps, and it yeah. can happen that quickly. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's the other thing, like, um, you know, like kind of not the same subject, but also just how, you know, dangerous this was. Like, you know, one second someone's in the ring, you know, we're filming with someone, the next ring, the, the next minute their 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 career's over, you know, like. Uh, we, we filmed with people like Sean Burke, who caught Darby Allen a little bit high, got a boot to the head, and it was the concussion that did him in. Like, he wasn't unable to get cleared to wrestle anymore after that. Like, he was one of the gatekeepers. Um, you know, like, we filmed with, with other people that um, uh, Wayne Van Dyke, who, who was in, who's driving the van for 19 hours, he, he died in the ring uh, a month after we filmed with him. Wow. It, it's, it's an amazing business wrestling. Like, I think that's the thing. You know, like going back to what you said, like how do we get non-fans to appreciate what we appreciate? It's like once you see how much sacrifice goes into being a professional wrestler and and you know that kind of uh, commitment that these people are putting to their art, like you have to have respect for it. You You might not have to like it, but you definitely have to respect it after that. Damien, what did you grow up watching? Uh, I, I definitely grew up watching that. I grew up in Toronto, Canada. So my, my dominant product was the WWF. And then, uh, you know, as a transition to WWE, we got WCW a little bit later. We actually had ECW on TV here for a minute as well. And then of course, through people tape trading, but, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you bully, but you know, ECW is what got me into it. To me, that's like the Stooges, the MC five, the velvet underground of pro wrestling. Like that was the, that was the catalyst for the type of wrestling that I love, which is kind of like this sort of like punk underground, like aggressive spirit in, in pro wrestling. So yeah, that's what really hooked me. Like I'd always watched it, but like it was seeing ECW and kind of beginning to understand it. That that's what made me like a, a real fan. 
You know, watching the first 20 minutes of the show last night, I actually felt like I was watching an ECW-esque documentary because you're sitting there and you're focusing on Gabe, who was, <laughs> uh, was a young boy in ECW yeah. who sold tickets, who made flyers, who, you know, who got us coffee, you know, or, you know, he, he was just a good young kid who did whatever he had to, and he learned from Heyman. And then you see Darby Allen and Ethan Page in the ring having uh, what I think was a TLC match. Like, the entire 20 minutes of of the show was very reminiscent of ECW. But then you have Darby Allen saying that he doesn't want to do anything that is from the 80s or the 90s, but there he is doing something that is exactly the same. (laughs) Well, there's nothing new in pro wrestling, right? Like, it's just people thinking they're doing something that's never been done before. But yeah, like I think ECW, that was the birth of, of what I want to see in wrestling. Like I never got to go to an ECW show, um, especially because the time you came to Toronto, it was in Hershey center. It was already a big arena, but like the stuff that that was at the, the bingo hall, like the ECW arena just looks like that. That's, that's like the feeling that it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, it just that's that's my pro wrestling like where you know where you're yelling at the audience like you literally you yelling at the audience and they want to murder you back and like we're all just like caught up in this thing like it, it's just it's like church you know it's like religion it's it's that kind of collective madness that is so powerful wait, so wait Damien I just want to follow up on what you just said about what you want because before you came on me and Dave were talking about you know to wrestling fans about what do you really want to see um, from a pro wrestling uh, company in 2019? So I'm going to pose a question to you. What is the perfect pro wrestling company in 2019? And I'm not asking you to pick any one particular company, but if you can make a concoction of different companies for you, what do you want to see? Yeah, like I think that evolved locker room la- last night and that kind of level of diversity of different types of wrestlers doing different things. I, I kind of want that. You know, I want I want something that when I'm sitting down watching it in the arena or at home makes me forget about everything, you know, makes me just become immersed by the product. So I want to see, you know, I want to see that comedy stuff. I want to see the fun stuff that you see in companies like DDT because I think that could work. I think I want to see... You know, I want that circus. I want that something for everyone thing that ECW was, you know, ECW found a way that you could have guys with glass glued to their fists, smashing each other in the face, but you could also have, you know, uh, the blue world order. You could have a whole, a whole range of things, a whole smorgasbord for people. And I think, you know, that's what I want to see in my pro wrestling. And I, and I also, I want to, I want that, you know, blurring of reality, not necessarily a Vince Russo kind of way, but I want that kind of blurring of reality where the people you see in the ring are the real people outside of the ring, just amped up. Here with Damian Abraham, the host of the wrestlers that you can see on Viceland every single Wednesday night at a, at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. And obviously we, we had a good glimpse of Evolve and indie wrestling from the show last night. What are some of the other episodes that we could check out? in the future here we've got an episode coming up on joshi but looking mainly at stardom and you know the history of stardom as a wrestling promotion which is of course where tony storm came from and ayu shirai and like a whole ayu shirai sorry and, and like a whole range of incredible uh women wrestlers we also did an episode looking at the history of deathmatch where we sat down with onita and jun kasai and 
Danny Havoc and t- looked at the cross-pollination that went on between sort of America and Japan and, and the birth of, you know, one of the most extreme sectors of pro wrestling. But, but I think the episode that is the one that, oh, and sorry, of course, next week is with MVP looking at life after wrestling, which is one of our favorites. But the episode that I think everyone's going to be uh, pretty interested by is uh, Voodoo Catch or Witch Catch in the Democratic Republic of Congo, which is where people incorporate uh, magic with their pro wrestling. Real magic? Um, it, or it, at it, least it, the magic that they believe in? Yeah, it's definitely the audience very much reacts. Everyone wrestles for free. You wrestle for the opportunity to demonstrate your power as a witch. So you'll get hired by someone outside of the ring to perform a ritual for them. Like it could be a ritual to help them get a job, to help them with relationship issues. Like, um, But these are all the wrestlers. And so they will go in the ring. But it, it's, it's still very much pro wrestling. Like the idea of the, the training still the same. Like the people are, are interacting the same in the ring. But they're also at various times where they'll stop and they'll like freeze their opponent or make they'll make the referee eat an imaginary sandwich or go into a trance and start to dance. But then there's some people that uh, will freeze their opponent and then they remove their eye and they'll do some sort of sleight of hand with some special effects with blood coming out or make their opponent's hair burst into flames. Or there's this one woman, Lauren Shakira, and her uh, her finishing uh, move is that she will incapacitate her opponent get on top of them with a knife, castrate them, and eat their penis in the middle of the ring. Dave, that used to be your finish. Oh, my God. No, I think that's my ex-wife's finish. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. It is the most incredible thing I think I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. And no one one ever, you uh, you know, I don't want to use the term, but, like, no one ever smartened me up in any sort of, way you know like no one ever talked to me like i was anything more than just a fan in the crowd except for the referee who turned to me after she did that and he goes pretty cool and i said the coolest thing i've ever seen sir the most amazing thing i've ever and then she left the ring and the crowd reacted like she was abdullah the butcher getting out of the ring in japan like they were freaked the hell out people were running the cops in the army that were doing security left and never came back Wow. So let me ask you this. After watching that match, is that how you came up with the uh, name for your band? <laughs> no, unfortunately. we uh, Now I feel like we should call ourselves kind of tamed up because <laughs> now I've been truly fucked up. <laughs> Damien, Damien, real quick. Ha- did you ever see a, comp- a company or watch a company called Hustle? Oh, absolutely. Yes, so, definitely. So what you were just describing down in the Congo – that only it almost sounds like the death match level of what hustle used to be. Yeah, well, it's it is the Congo thing. It's it's amazing because it's also, you know, in addition to being this incredible spectacle in the ring, it's tied into uh, a rich religious history and a, a rich cultural history. But then there's this other piece where there's now the, all the mega churches and these sort of like large scale giant evangelical churches realize that this is a potential feeding ground for for new disciples and so they're now got a bunch of wrestlers to renounce witch catch and rebrand themselves as christian wrestlers and they go in the ring and they use the same magic but uh it's but it's from the basis of god now and there it's but there's like so many levels like it is definitely that episode is one that uh that has stayed with me that entire trip of the congo stays with me every day I, I mean that that's like the that's like when you see something really really disturbing, it's hard to kind of shake it. 
Yeah, yeah, and but it was like it was also as a wrestling fan, it's you know like getting that point to like go back in time where the the genie isn't out of the bottle, like the curtain has been hasn't been pulled back, and like you know when when this woman Lauren Shakira walked through the crowd, you know not even wrestling, like she's just walking to the crowd to get to the event. That crowd's parting in fear from her, right? Like there's like a real uh, respect and Brody esque. Yeah, totally Brody esque. Like that would be the yeah like a real fear and just to see someone who's able to kind of command that power over an audience was yeah like a a, a real treat um viceland did a tremendous job with the dark side of the ring series and i'm hoping that a lot of people who tuned into that series now are going to tune into your series because one of the things that they're doing obviously with your show is they're showing some of those deleted scenes from that series as well. Do you think this is going to be like going to have a good carryover from that audience? And also, do you think because of what you presented, like you said, like a punk rock feel, this is really kind of talking to a, another generation of wrestling fans that there's going to be a big audience for this show. I, I hope so. But at the same time, I think I'm, I'm hoping to keep my expectations pretty realistic. Like we are covering stuff that isn't necessarily, it isn't the WWE. It, it isn't, you know, the, the main NWA kind of mainstream of pro wrestling that people in America and Canada and, and England and parts at different times grew up with, you know, like this is, we're covering stuff that's a little more left field, a little more esoteric, but I, I hope once again, like dark side's incredible and it's an unbelievable show. And I'm just hoping that we're able to kind of find our own audience within their massive audience. How many shows have you done now, Damien? Total ten episodes in in the series. Have you covered everything that you really wanted to cover? My gosh, no. There's just you know it's it's wrestling, right? There's just there's so many stories. So what stories coming? So out what's your dream story. topic? Uh, I would love to go into Nigeria and do something uh, with Udi. Um, you hear all these stories coming out. Cliff Compton, of course, had that famous podcast with Cole Cabana talking about his experiences in Nigeria. I think that would be an incredible episode. Something about the UK and how the UK kind of rebuilt its wrestling um, to a point where it's now able to fill out giant venues all on its own. Uh, China, going to China and covering all the stuff that's happening there and all the interesting things is, you know, one of the biggest markets in wrestling begins to emerge. There's, yeah, there's so many more stories, stories in America I'd love to do. It's, I, I just, any, any excuse I can find to be around pro wrestling more, I will take it. Sign me up. There's a really good story that goes on. It's actually in New York um, of a talk show host that does a show with a bunch of Hall of Famers, one being Bully Ray. It's a week. It's a daily show, <laughs> Monday through Friday on Sirius XM. Uh, amazing story, Damien. I don't know if you heard about it. It's called Busted Open, but I think that would make a hell of a show. You get me my plane ticket. I'm coming down tomorrow, guys. Damien, you know what that's called, right? <laughs> That's called chasing the hug. That's please, Damien, do a story about me. Um, can I ask you something, Bully, that I've always wanted to know? No. Okay. Go and ahead. Then, then, Go then. ahead. Well, I, I remember back at ECW, you had NYHC written on your tape. On that your stands wrist. for New York Hardcore. Absolutely. Were you a New York Hardcore kid? Were you a fan of hardcore music? Come on, man. Mad ball, brother. Mad ball. Amazing. Wow, Amazing. That's all I needed to know. That, there that you is, go. That has made my day. We're gonna come we're gonna come back from next break with pride. 
incredible. The song yeah. Pride. You know the song know, Pride, right? I, I was like, are you going to be talking about Pride, the MMA organization, or the Madball Classic? No, we're going to be talking about the Madball Classic. Oh, I thought you were going to play the album by White Lion. <laughs> uh, you're such an epic disappointment at times. <laughs> <laughs> Damien, man, it's so cool catching up with you, brother. It's, it's, I love the series. I love what we saw yesterday. Again, the name of the show is called The Wrestlers. It's on Viceland. The host of it, Damian Abraham. And Damien, it's been awesome talking to you, man. Have a good one. Thank you. It's been an honor, guys. Take awesome. care, brother. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.